Hey, 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 what's up everybody? This is Gab Dukundo with another episode of That Causes Cancer. We're back with episode five, baby, and I hope that episode four last week was something that was a little different than my normal podcast episode, and it was a little bit about where my status is now, how I'm in remission, and just some things that post-beating cancer life is about. So now with episode five, we're going to go right back into my story of where I left off back in episode three. And the end of episode four, I left you guys off with a recording of me in the hospital the Saturday after I got diagnosed. I was just in this harsh reality of not really knowing what was going on. It was major emotions that were flowing through my body and my bloodstream And I just hope that you listening to it kind of touched your heart because when I listened back to it, like I said last episode, it really did touch my heart and it kind of made me realize just like, wow, this is what's going on in my life currently. And instead of moping in the hospital, like let's figure out what I need to do and how to move forward. So (laughs) it was nice to share with you guys and this episode's gonna have a lot more recordings like that. So just please be advised that It could get sad, you might need some tissues, but there's also a lot of good in this episode too. Um, There are people that helped me a lot through these past, those past couple of days where I was transferring hospitals again and just experiencing something new every single day. So I just want to get right into it because I think you guys deserve more of my story. Thursday the 17th was actually... A year since my diagnosis, I dropped the episode on a year since I went to the ER, but that Thursday was when I got the news last year, and um, yeah, the 17th is a day that I'll always remember for sure, and I know <laughs> if you have cancer and you're on my side with this right now, you um, you get that those dates are something that will stay with you for the rest of your life. So like I said, let's get into it now and start off for where I left off. It's Saturday in the hospital. I'm just sitting in one of the chairs that they had in the room. You know, I had a bed and I think there was like three or four different chairs because I was again in a double room by myself. So I would move the chairs around and put my feet up and kind of chill and try not to be in the bed because the bed was like the demon, right? You didn't want to be in there laying all day because you're just in this corpse position laying flat on your back and it just sucks to be quite frank. So... I I tried to sit in chairs as much as I could, Um, but I'm super excited about this day because of one of my nurses, and I know that I've been saying this a lot, but to all the nurses out there, thank you so much for what you do. It is so extremely difficult to have multiple patients a day remember what all of them have, whether they're sick or, I guess, their level of sickness, right? Like, where if it's really bad or really good. Um, their personalities, whether you have to like take a deep breath before you walk into the room to deal with someone. And I say that in the nicest way possible because obviously people are struggling. Whether the doctors aren't giving you medicine on time or the computer system's down or, you know, whatever you have to do that is hard, just know that there are patients out there that appreciate you guys so much. And I've had come across a lot of nurses in my journey, obviously, being in three different hospitals and then being in a hospital for a month, and then also, obviously, my treatment and whatnot. Um, And I've met a lot of, lot of great nurses in my day. So 
this woman was one of my favorites. Her name is Sylvia. She's the shit. She was on top of her shit. She was caring. She was amazing. She was sympathetic. She listened to me. She did all these things. And that day in the hospital, you listened to that recording of me where I just sounded so sad about everything that was going on. She made it better. When she came in that day, I wish I could find her. Sylvia, if you're listening to this, I'm not going to say the hospital that you're in because I don't want to give out information. But if you somehow come across my podcast, I'm thinking of you and I would love to meet up with you someday. The reason I know and I remember Sylvia so much is obviously because she was great, but also because I have this recording of her, of me meeting her that day. And I'm just so excited to have someone like her. So take a listen to this and uh, I hope you get a sense of, you know, the type of person that Sylvia is. Sylvia, my fucking girl, the nurse that made this journey just so much better. She got me my morphine. She just left for her shift and she gave it to me because she is the shit. And we need more nurses like her. She was a blessing the past two days this weekend after having really hard news. And um, it makes a huge difference. So you made my life which seemed like it was going to be the hardest thing in the world, seemed just a little bit less hard. And I'm so grateful for you on that. Okay, can you tell my excitement? I am beyond grateful for her. I can't say it enough. We need more people like her in the world, and we need more nurses like her in the world. Um, So thank you, Sylvia. This This couple of minutes of my podcast was dedicated to you because I really do think that you deserved it. You are an awesome person, and thank you for making my cancer journey just a little bit easier as the hours went on that day. So like I said, weekends in the hospitals are... Are slow. Um, there's not really many people around. You know, we're fast forwarding to Sunday now. We're getting into Sunday. Poor Sylvia's left me, and I'm so sad that she's gone. <laughs> um, but there's more good because when you have people that love you just genuinely, so deep with their heart, and everyone has those type of people in their lives, right? We're lucky. We're lucky to have those type of people. One of these people. In my life, I'm going to shout her out. Her name's Eva. If you know me, she is my ultimate best friend in the world. I met her in college, and it feels like I've known her since we were both in the wombs. <laughs> um, we're so similar, but so different, and she just gets me, and I love her so deeply. She, I'll cry talking about her, but she just make, made my whole journey so much better, so... This little section of my story, um, I was in a hospital that was close to her parents' house. And, you know, that day in the hospital, again, I was sad and I was lonely. But having someone like her, having these people in our lives that just make it better. I was sitting in the bed just thinking, whatever. I was doing okay. I don't know what I was on. Probably TikTok. And I get a call from her. And I'm like, hey, what's up? She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. I'm just (laughs) on my phone, whatever. And she's like, come to your window. (laughs) I'm like, what? So I went to my window and she was there with her sister Marlena and her now husband Andrew. And they were there with with posters that just said that they loved me and that I was going to beat the shit out of cancer. And because I hadn't seen anyone in a long time, see just seeing them like through a window, we were so far. I was on like the third floor. 
but just seeing them through the window like <laughs> was so amazing it was so it felt so good to see her and them and I love Andrew and Marlena too <laughs> um but it was just so sweet it was such a great gesture and she did it because she loves me and she cares for me and it was one of the best moments that I'll always remember during my time in the hospital. Um, if you looked on my Instagram, there is the picture of them through the window uh, just cheering me on. And it was funny because I couldn't open the window. So I had a call. Like, we were on the phone, talking through the phone, but, like, looking at each other during, through the window. And <laughs> it was just such a crazy situation. So funny, but we were, you know, they were there for, like, half hour an hour and it really just made the rest of my day <laughs> I was locked up that's how it felt I felt like I was locked up don't let me out you know that Akon song I'm locked up don't let me out locked up don't let me out yeah that's how I freaking felt because I had to talk to them through the window and through the phone <laughs> but it made my week just seeing your people make everything better whether you're physically like two inches from their face or 50 feet in the third floor of a hospital where you're locked and can't see anyone because you have COVID. <laughs> so Eve, I love you so much and you are everything to me. Thank you for being the baddest bitch in the world. Don't forget mess with her either because she'll kick your ass if you bother me. That's a threat. <laughs> I love you. Okay, so now Sunday night, we're moving forward. Of course, Eva and Andrew and Marlena left and I'm sad again I guess more confused or puzzled because my mental state was just all over the place it was super chaotic basically talking was my therapy like talking to myself because I had no one there minus my nurses so you can only be on TikTok for so long you can only be on Instagram you can only pace around the room so many times I used to do squats in my room when I could <laughs> I couldn't really shower because it was just so difficult because I had the IV in me and I had to call the nurse to get it out and I couldn't just sit under the water for a couple of hours <laughs> or minutes just to leave off some stress. I, I called a lot of people. That was my thing. But there were times where I just needed the time to myself and I would talk to myself and that's where I started to continue doing these recordings because it was a way of getting out all my feelings inside to myself and I refused to listen back to any of them until after I got out or throughout my journey once I did get out of the hospital. Um, and that's why right now when I'm sharing them with all of you, it's even hard for me because I'm listening back to them from months ago. And I really didn't realize all the emotions that I had. It's hard to hear myself sad. I keep on saying that over and over again, but I want you guys to know that I really was so emotionless to myself when I was there. So sharing these recordings with you is also a way of therapy because I want people to know that it's okay to struggle. It's okay to have these emotions. You're going through something that's traumatic and if you feel this way, then you feel this way. You're human. We are only human. Gotta always stay positive though and push through that bullshit because if you don't, you're going to be stuck in this hole that's so, so hard to, to get back out of and no one deserves to be that deep. Don't hit that rock bottom. Just keep pushing because you'll get there. Okay, so now we're transitioning into Monday. It's March 22nd. This part of the episode is 
going to be tough for me too because it's going to be dedicated to another two people. It's it's Monday night, like I said. This recording is from 2.30 in the morning. Um, I couldn't sleep, naturally. <laughs> and I called my parents. I did this a lot. I, I called my parents in the middle of the night just to talk to them. And they were so worried about me that they would always pick up. <laughs> they never slept either. When I wasn't sleeping, they weren't sleeping. And the two of them would be in bed at home and they would answer and we would talk for hours because I just, I didn't know where else to turn. Um, so here's a recording of me post talking to them in the middle of the night. And uh, I think you'll get a sense of how much I sensed their love 24-7 while I was away from them. Here it is. It's currently 2.30 a.m. on Monday, um, and I was getting some pain. I went to bed early around 8 p.m., and I woke up around 11 with some pain. So I called my parents, and they were just on the phone with me until now, which is two and a half hours on the phone. I just wanted the world to know that they're going to have their own episode on my podcast about just being the best parents. That I could ask through, that I can ask for through this. I wouldn't be able to do this without them. So I'm so grateful for all the love and support that they give me. And, um, you know, you start to realize like, when you're older, how much your parents mean to you. And when you move out and you go to college, you miss them. And sometimes it takes another life lesson that's scary like this to make you realize that your parents will do anything for you. I'm just so grateful. I just wanted to remember this moment that tomorrow is going to be, or today is going to be a very hard day for me. And they made me feel going into the day that everything is going to be okay. I love them so much for that. Let's have a big round of applause for Frank and Joanne, my parents. Right? Is everybody clapping right now as you're listening to this? Because I hope you are. They are the fucking best. Sorry for cursing. But I can't help it because they are. Period. I love you both so much. You have no idea how much they've done for me, how much they do for me, how hard it was for them, me looking at them, me thinking I was this burden on them, that they were hurting because of me, and they were. And I know that they would never ever think of me in that way. But to me, if you're a cancer patient, you get this. You feel like you're a burden on people because they are hurting because of your illness. And it's very hard That's a very hard emotion to pull through when you have cancer. You don't want to be a burden on anyone. And like I said, you know that you're not, but you feel like it. You feel so helpless. You don't want them to be sad. But then when you put in someone else's shoes, if you pretend to be them for the day, you understand that they why they feel that way or why they're acting a certain way. I was someone that I took all my stress out on my mom and my dad, always. And they didn't deserve it, but they say you 
the people you love the most are your punching bag. You know, I had Corey, but that's my husband. These are my parents. It's a different type of love. I'm so grateful for them and everything that they did. So shout out mom and dad. I love you guys so much. And uh, in that in that recording too, you also heard that it was going to be a hard day for me because I was getting my bone marrow biopsy. Plus, it was a week in the hospital, so <laughs> I was like, "Damn, I haven't been in a hospital probably since I got my tonsils out <laughs> when I was 18." And being there for a week, not seeing anybody, it was like a harsh reality. And I was going in for this bone marrow biopsy that I'll explain in a little bit what that is exactly if you're not really sure. But it was just a lot. So I have this other recording that I want to share with you because this is me preparing for that day and what was going to come. So it's 2.25 on Monday. I've officially been in the hospital for... Um, a week. Haven't seen anyone since last Monday, which is kind of crazy, but it is what it is. I've been sitting in here since 6.30 a.m. when they woke me up to eat breakfast because I'm going in for my bone marrow biopsy. Yeah, I still haven't gotten it. <laughs> I'm sitting here. And I'm so hungry, but it is what it is. I'm just glad I'm hungry because I haven't really had an appetite in a while. So that's a good sign, but they decided that they wanted to move my biopsy, which is pretty important for my chemo treatment, uh, because I am in a COVID unit and I should be the last patient that gets the biopsy done. I'm sitting here waiting for this test and I have my radiation for my spines, my tumors on my spine at 345, um, which is going to basically interject with the biopsy and those have been planned since last week so you know all the confusion is just a little annoying I mean at this point I'm on TikTok and Instagram and just relaxing until I have to go in but just another story at the hospital and I figured I'd share it my nurse's name is Abby and she is amazing and she's just on top of it all and just such a blessing another blessing she's just such a sweetheart and it makes you know the patient's journey 10 times better when the nurse is you know they care and they 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 wonder and they ask questions and they hope you're okay and they don't just look at you as another patient in their busy schedule and I and I salute Abby for that she's making the end of my journey right now before my treatments start a lot easier than they were with some other nurses so I'm grateful for her trying to start up this biopsy she's fighting for me and I feel like I'm not alone I feel like I have someone here that that cares and that's fucking awesome so wish me luck on my biopsy today it looks like they actually just got here so fingers crossed bye so one take from that Abby for president right <laughs> she was another one of those nurses that just made such a difference in my life and I love her. So shout out to you, Abby, too. If you ever listen to this, same thing with Sylvia. Maybe the three of us can go out and get a drink, tequila shot, whatever, whatever you guys like. So we take that from this recording. And then also we're going into number two, which is a lesson time. I've been teaching you guys a lot and I hope that you're learning something from this. It's Teacher Gab and I'm going to tell you all about a bone marrow biopsy. A bone marrow biopsy is obviously a biopsy, but 
it's where they check the blood in your bones to see if there's any cancer in there. If it's positive, your cancer can be far worse than what you currently have, which in my case, if it was positive, you know, it could have changed my treatment. Um, I couldn't really start chemo until I knew if that biopsy was going to be positive or not. You know, I don't know if you heard of this, but some people get bone marrow transplants because their bone marrow is filled with cancer. So at this point, I had just gotten it and I was waiting for those results. So it was scary. I was nervous. I didn't want it to be more. There was a chance of leukemia. Usually a lot of leukemia diagnosis, diagnoses, yes, are if they're, if your bone marrow biopsy is positive. So there was a lot of emotions. I didn't know what to expect. I had gotten bad news after bad news. And I just kept on thinking that, am I just going to get more? I don't know. I prayed every night and I was hoping for a good outcome. <laughs> the actual biopsy itself is pretty crazy. Uh, they basically put a hammer to your bone. So where I got my bone marrow biopsy was in, I think these are all like this too. I'm not actually really sure, but um, it was in my lower left back, kind of like right next to your tailbone, like your hip bone. And they basically take whatever tool, surgical tool they use and they're hammering it into your bone. I was laying on my stomach on the OR table and the guy was like, we're going to put you on a local. We're not going to knock you out, which I thought I was going to go under anesthesia, but I didn't. And they numbed me up. You know, I wound up getting knocked out. It was that Benadryl and fentanyl mix. And I was loopy. And the guy's looking at me. He's like, you're right, the surgeon. And I was like, yeah, I think so. I just heard that this hurts a lot. And he was like, you're going to feel some pressure, but you'll be all right. Like, you'll be passed out in a couple of minutes. So this one I don't really remember that much because I did wind up passing out. But what I do remember is that I woke up. And I was in excruciating amount of pain. <laughs> my back hurt so bad. And it was just, it wasn't even just sore. It just felt like there was so much pressure on my backbone that where they, ha- you know, where they did the biopsy that, you know, I had to lay on my, my, my back when I was in the bed. So it was very hard to like function. <laughs> you wanted to sit there and think about things to distract you, but laying there just made you numb and it kind of hurt more. <laughs> so everything went fine with the actual biopsy itself, but it was just a longer painful recovery, which I wasn't used to. So here's a recording post biopsy that I think you'll like to take a lesson to. So it's midnight um, on Tuesday, I guess, like going into Tuesday. And I'm lying here. I've been sleeping since like 7 p.m. when I got back from my bone marrow autopsy. Shit. Not autopsy, biopsy. I keep on saying that. I'm alive and well. But feels like I have a whole family of elephants laying on my lower back and the pain is just not fun. So I've been just trying to sleep and not think about it. But I wanted to say this story because it's like super weird. My paper towel machine in the bathroom, you know, it's like automatic when you like swipe your hand underneath it to grab the towel, goes off at random times. And then when I go to the bathroom, there's like four or five paper towel rolls like ready for me to use. It's like really weird and creepy. (laughs) And I can't laugh because it hurts my back, but it just makes me laugh because I'm like, not today, Satan. This bitch is still going to (laughs) live. I just want my morphine. It's coming at 12.30. 20 minutes on the dots. 12.10. I'm laughing. Catching up to the people that texted me. 
Shout out to those people. I love you. And uh, another day. I laugh at myself every single time I say autopsy instead of biopsy. I did that. If you spoke to me in the hospital, you knew that I did that. Corey's probably laughing listening to this right now. Same thing with my parents. Because that's all I did. I don't know why. It sounds awful. And I'm... (laughs) I feel so dumb, but I used to say it. I used to say, yeah, I'm going in for my autopsy. You just heard it in that recording. Meanwhile, it was just my biopsy. And to spin off that, I used to say, yeah, I'm in the hotel, you know, getting my blood done. But it was the hospital. I would say hotel instead of hospital and autopsy instead of biopsy. And that was my brain just being fried from everything. (laughs) Don't know why I did that, but I did. And also in that recording, you heard about the paper towel thing. It was very demotic. Kind of like a light, fluffy story to throw in there for you guys with all this emotion that's coming in this episode. But no joke, hospitals are really creepy. And if you do not have to be in one, stay far, far away. I'm a horror freak. If you know, you know that about me. And in Halloween 2, it takes place in a hospital. And every time I was in the hospital... And it was at nighttime, even though I couldn't go in the hallway, I would just picture Michael Myers there. And that's how I think of hospitals now. Me getting diagnosed with cancer and Michael Myers with a machete knife, who was probably in the bathroom pulling down the paper towels. Yeah. Now and lastly, (laughs) of this episode, we're now moving forward to Tuesday, March 23rd. I'm about to meet my oncologist that my parents and Corey found through mutual friends, my aunt, we had found him um, through people that people knew who were diagnosed with lymphoma or a similar cancer that I had. So it was time to meet him via Zoom because, you know, I couldn't go there or I couldn't meet him myself. Um, But this is research that my parents and Corey did. And I was excited to meet him to, you know, move forward and see what he thought of my diagnosis. You know, my feelings about everything were I was excited to transfer potentially where I would be for a while and that in itself is a very common feeling because I knew I wasn't in the hospital where I was going to get my treatment because I needed a second opinion I needed to be in a hospital that was a cancer specialized hospital which I wasn't in one of those not any shade to the hospital that was in because you guys know that I loved my oncologist there he was a blessing but it was time to go to an oncologist that specialized in lymphoma and that's who I really wanted to treat my illness so I was excited to meet him. It was a very calming feeling. And you'll find out next episode how that went and my transfer to my new hospital for my treatment that's finally going to friggin' start. Holy shit. And you know, I would love to end this episode with something calming and nice, just how I felt going to meet my new oncologist. But just when you thought, I'm gonna steal that thought right back from you. And bring some attention to something that came to my attention just a couple of days ago. There was this girl, I won't say her name, obviously, that I found on my social media feed. Um, She's in the medical field. And she put out this video on TikTok, but I saw it on Instagram. And I'm going to play it right now for you just so you can hear what she had to say. Let me just tell you something none of you little sheep know. (laughs) We treat every single cancer the exact same way with the exact same drug for the last 80 years. The only thing that's changed 
And the only thing that's changed is the testing to detect it sooner. But you're still gonna die though. You wanna know why? Are you as angry as I am after hearing that? How can someone be so insensitive and cruel? I don't care what your thoughts are. I don't care what the science is. I don't care if you spent 15 hours a day researching and talking and learning about whatever the hell you just said in that video. No one in their right mind thinks saying something and putting something out like that on the internet, trolling people who have cancer, is right. No one. And I truly, truly hope that you got so much feedback from that video that puts you in your place. And I said this on my Instagram before, there's a reason that you're not going through hard times, honey. There's a reason for it because you would not be able to handle it. It was truly disgusting, the words that you put out on your own will. And I just want you to know that it affected me and a lot of people because it puts what we went through very low into the ground. Meanwhile, it was probably... Actually, it is the hardest thing that probably any of us have gone through. And you do not get to tell me what's right and what's wrong. So I hope you don't sleep at night. I hope you stub your toe really hard on every single bed you walk past. And I hope you posting that video made you really realize that just to be better. Because I feel bad for you, honestly. And I would love for all of you guys to put her on blast and make her feel like her post was really just a terrible thing to do. I wish nothing but greatness in your life, dude, but clearly something isn't right for you to post something like that. However, angry Gab coming back to nice Gab, we're still going to choose happy because that's what this podcast is about and that's the message that I'm trying to deliver to you. We choose happy. When there's people that choose to be the way they are, We look at it in the face and we say, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to let her make me feel like I didn't achieve one of the biggest wins of my life. I'm not going to let someone else decipher how I'm going to live the rest of my day out or week or month or year, whatever it may be. Someone else doesn't have the power to do that. I sit here, I look at this person and I think about all the hate I might have for her. But in my life, I'm going to say, yeah, you know what? Sure, that was shitty, but I choose happy and I choose to move past it. So take that advice today. Take that advice that if someone pisses you off today or you don't like the way someone treated you or the lady at the grocery store was just rude or someone cut you off, let them do it. Get angry for that two minutes that you need to get it all out and then choose to be happy for the rest of the day. We can't let muggles talk the way they do. Cancer muggles. If you watch Harry Potter, you get it. (laughs) So choose it, my people. Be better. Be you. I love you all. I'll see you next week on That Causes Cancer. Peace and love.